It was, if I may be so arrogant, the body slam heard around Mississippi. Are you are you are you the number one are you you're number one wrestle boy now? <sighs> I think I'm the best in the world, actually. I think I might be the best there is, the best there was, and the best I, there ever will be. I'm I'm pretty sure if you win a wrestling match, that makes you a professional wrestler. I think I think if you've got no cardio, no conditioning, no training, and no worries. You are the best wrestler if you can just get in there and not die. When, when we say you here, we're obviously referring to uh, Stardust, right? Uh, not, yes, not, your, your not friend anyone Stardust, else that yes. might be around. Well, we. We. Yes. It's an odd relationship. Um, he and I... He... Hmm, it's hard to explain... It, but it's, basically, but we're, using, we're using the pluralized you as in you the, and your friends. You're Sturdust. the Norman Bates's mother of managers. I'm sort of an Eddie Brock of inside of, Sturdust. You're the Tyler Durden of wrestling managers. Tyler Sturden. Tyler Sturden. <laughs> there we go. Tyler Sturdust. <laughs> Are you the human vessel that Stardust occasionally decides to symbiotically, like, take control of and use as a vessel to wrestle? Sort of. A vessel we'll, to wrestle. Are, are you we'll, wrestle we'll veer vessel? away from Laura, the, the you, you Woken Matt Hardy. should be the one songs here. A vessel to wrestle. Vessel to wrestle is good. <laughs> I'm on a vessel to wrestle. It's all wrestlers just fighting on a boat. As I, as I <laughs> nestle your crestal in my chestal, we've got a vessel to wrestle. <laughs> Nah, That's those nice. weren't very good rhymes at all. I think I need to take over your uh, your miracle of sound, well, Jobby Gap. Well, I'm sorry, my lyrics are just a big messel. <laughs> I'm 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 all right. I'm tired. Um, welcome to Podquisition, everyone. Everyone's a little bit tired. I'm mm. just physically wrecked, um, but mentally, I'm I'm pretty sharp. So I should be able to carry. Uh, Laura's been very busy. How are you, Laura? Are you okay? Uh. This week has been a heck of a week. I've been doing a bunch of travelling. I've been doing a bunch of reviews for Embargo. I've been doing a bunch of prepping for trips and things. I feel like I've not slept. And it's great. <laughs> Life is great, huh? How are you, Gav? Uh, I'm good today. Just come off the back of the least fun, enjoyable two days I've spent in my entire career making Miracle of Sound songs. So I'm glad it worked out in the end, but Good what, lordy, what, this what week was, was not fun. <laughs> what was what was going wrong this week? It's a long story. It's all posted on my Patreon for people to read. Basically, my God of War song, I realised it was not right after posting it on YouTube. Had to... That's a shame, because me, uh, me and Justin watched it Saturday night yeah. when we were uh, waiting for the show to begin. We were watching it and... Uh... Yeah, I just so I I liked it. Whatever was wrong with it, I didn't see anything or hear anything wrong. It was technical stuff, nothing to do with the song itself. It was things like the drums weren't powerful enough for my taste. Right, and reverbs right. were wrong, and the vocals weren't poking it, through enough. And I just couldn't live with it, so I deleted it. And it took me two days to fix the fucking thing. And on the second day of trying to fix it, my computer kept crashing over and over again. Oh. So it was just. <laughs> all, all, all things that probably would have been fine, but you'd have always known. You'd have forever known. Yeah, no, no one would ever have noticed these things, but I but would you, have, and I, I would, would have, have known, and it would have bugged me forever. So, I mean, I mean, you didn't botch a power slam in front of a crowd. No, but you, you didn't I, I did, either, did I you? I botched. Oh, I, really? I, well, 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 well. There was botch. I mean the. 
it was like the whole thing was a clusterfuck. It's just the wrestlers are so good at improvising okay. and I'm okay at improvising that we got out of most of it. <laughs> but before the body slam, there is an attempt at one and it was just positions wrong everywhere yeah. and timing off. So he, Adam Priest kind of slipped out of my hands. And I kind of played it off as a non-wrestler, just looked to the crowd and went, look, only the best wrestling moves here. Um, (laughs) But then um, Stardust Dursa Major um, said, um, basically suggested we do it again. So that's when uh, I slash we picked Adam Priest up and delivered what I consider a pretty nice power slam. Again, for someone who has, you know, no training, no conditioning, no fucking nothing. Having seen it on the YouTubes, it looked like a legit wrestling move was happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Asa showed us how to do it, and, uh, and and we did it. I mean, that was that was only the second successful one Stardust has done in the world. <laughs> um, it was, I, I mean, when I turned up at the show, um, before Stardust got ready, when I turned up, I turned, I, I, I saw Jay, who, who runs Pro Wrestling Ego, and just said, you're, you're out of your mind. I think it's the stupidest thing they've ever done. But it worked, and that's wrestling. It's just very silly decisions that work. Um, but yeah, they, that that was a, a weird, surreal night, and I covered in bruises, took a fall to the floor to avoid a, a suicide dive. Wow! And uh, this, this, took a this massive YouTube, bruise up say. my arm. Yes, yes. Um, to to let people know, if you basically just search on YouTube, search Stardust, and then any combination of names from Ursa Major. Adam Priest and Orion Taylor, okay. who give a shout out to them. Ursa Major, of course, is fantastic, uh, even if I do say so myself. Uh, he's a work in progress, but he is very loyal, very, uh, uh, very skilled, uh, very driven, very determined, because he has exactly stirred us. Okay, who, who, who were you fighting? Because YouTube thinks I'm right, looking I'm for fighting. Stardust. I'm fighting Orion Taylor and Adam Priest, or rather Stardust is. Uh, we are fighting. Okay. Uh, we and Ursa Major. Um, but yeah, yeah, right, look that up. Go. It's from uh, the May 19th Path to Pride 5 show. And it was it was fun. It was fun. I Oops. can't stand to go sound back off, and watch it sound myself. Off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was surprised that uh, Stardust got a pretty nice pop when he came out. The booze soon happened, as well as a Stardust gay chant, which is a problem for me, because A, it's not an insult, it's true. B, the only comeback I had, I couldn't say, because the person who started the chant was in a row full of children. So I couldn't turn around and say, yeah, I am. And I, st- you know. With your what dad. If I, I was going to say, that was it. I was going to turn around and say, what if I am? I still get more action than you. Which, <laughs> A, we'll do A's and B's again. A, someone's worth isn't based on how much action they get, so I shouldn't have said it. And B, when children start chanting that chant, right, you can't. Any insult I had, any comeback I had was firmly like. Plus, you don't. At least a T rating. You don't want to dignify and acknowledge it as an insult. There's that as well. I mean, I've I've seen wrestlers have insults. So yeah, I've seen you know wrestlers deal with worse chants and they just got to power through it. And for the most part, the you know I I was a heel getting good heat. That chant wasn't. I wasn't happy with that, and I'm like, way to make Mississippi look like Mississippi, dude. Um, You should do what uh, Sasha and Baron Cohen did. Yeah, honestly. I should just go around and the, kiss him on the face. The the only response to that I can think of is like you did your power slam and then just turn to that one audience person and go, Yeah, 
I'm good at slamming dudes. <laughs> I am. I'm very good at slamming the dudes. Um, and then Chuck Tingle the can write can a do. book about you called Power Slammed in My Butthole by Stardust. <laughs> <laughs> that's in the running for a podcast title. Um, yes. So anyway, uh, that's enough self-promotion. Oh, no, no, it's not. Go to Fully Gimmicked if you want the new Stardust shirt that they designed. for. Uh, that's just that's pro wrestling ego. Um on their side of things. Uh, it's a really nice drawing of Stardust with really big arm muscles, which are true to life. Uh, they're matte accurate. Oh, you did a and, clothesline uh, it's got look too. look to the stars written on it. I did a double clothesline with the well, Stardust. We did, a, <laughs> we are Venom, and we did a double clothesline with the Ursa Major, and that was fun. Um, there is an attack sequence that was, was um, that's, uh, practiced out. Stardust got a really nice little attack combo. Full of nothing but cheating, but done as a, an attack sequence uh, that he didn't bust out. But because, like I said, everything went to shit and just looked like it all worked. Uh, but I think that is how wrestling works in general. Um, but anyway, uh, also just a big shout out to Adam Priest and Orion Taylor, who I, as Jim Sterling, respect. Stardust is a little upset with them, but as a conglomerate, we do see potential in them. Orion Taylor's very energetic, and Adam Priest is very crisp. And they'd, they'd do well if they joined the winning side. Oh, the side that outthinks che- Cheating them. with a chair, oh my goodness. Winning with a chair. Just, let's not forget, Stardust didn't bring that chair in there. Yeah. Stardust didn't bring that chair in there. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to have to watch this properly later, it looks great. People have said it's good. <laughs> uh, well, I haven't seen it. I can't stand to look at it. While we're uh, promoting stuff that's not video game stuff oh, that sure, we, that we do in the week, I'm just going to say I, I've now crossed halfway through that book I'm writing, and that's a thing. I'm very excited, very proud. You, you I, I mean, you I, haven't been writing it all that long, and, and at the halfway I'm, point, that's good. Like that's just good determination because a lot of people start yeah. books and don't finish them. Oh god, I'm definitely slowing down. How the many words have you got done, Laura? Uh, about thirty thousand words at the moment. Wow, nice. So I'm yeah, like, I didn't mean to yeah. imply you were going too fast or rushing. No, I'm like, no, no. When like very few people get even ten pages into a book, the, let alone get halfway yeah. through writing it. Laura, the that's first, that's even more yeah. words than Jim says in one podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the the first at two least one months. and a half. Uh, the first two months I was writing the book, I wrote about ten thousand words a month. It's definitely slowed down, but I'm yeah. I'm at about thirty thousand words. I'm at about halfway of what's planned, and that's brilliant. We'll see what happens. So nice. I had I, I did a read through of it today to like do editing, and I it took me a couple of hours. I was like, oh yeah, th- this is a couple of hours of reading worth of book here. That's good. That nice. I'm really excited. I'm really yeah. happy that that's happening. So yeah, um, that's not anything so cool, anyone cool. could check out, but I'm I'm excited, so I just wanted to tell the world. Well, not yet, not yet, but not you yet. know, drum up that hype. That's how we get people yeah, excited go, go get for people the books. Anticipated. Damn right, damn right. Speaking of just one last bit of self promotion for myself. <laughs> if you go We're to Shark to Robot, I know. <laughs> I know I was well. You know, I, I want to sell some shit here. Um... I, let's see, as well as the Stardust shirt on Fully Gimmicks, let's be really confusing and say, if you go over to Shark Robot, which is a different site, um, away from the wrestling, actual Jimquisition branded merch, we got a Boglin Club shirt up, which if you are a wrestling fan, if you take one look at the logo, you'll see what it is. But suffice to say, Boglin Club is fine. And if you go on Shark Robot um, or go on Jim, the Jimquisition, don't go on Jimquisition, the Jimquisition.com, go on that one, the, and click on the merch bit at the top or shop or store or whatever it was I called it through. 
three years ago. Uh, click on that, I'll take you there. Um, I really like the Boggling Club shirt. Justin McDaniel has been working very hard. We've got um, a good drip feed, if I can talk, a good drip feed of shirts coming, and they're all really good. He's, he's really outdone himself on those. So, cool! That is me promoting myself and being all proud of myself and talking about the body slam that everyone should pay attention to, not the one that they shouldn't. <laughs> should we talk about some video games? Hell yeah, brother. Let's do this shit. Which, which one do we want to talk about? Do we, where we want to start Oof. on them video games? Uh, I tell you what, I think we should start with the biggie. The biggie, the one that we've got to make sure, well, the one that I've got to make sure we get the podcast up at the right time for. Oh, uh, otherwise, yeah, yeah. otherwise, I'll get in trouble with David Cage. And the last thing I want is for David Cage to not be fond of me. <laughs> so let's talk about a game you've played, Laura, which is Detroit, if I do recall correctly, Become Human. Yeah, so this is the new Quantic Dream game, and... Uh... I must say, I am impressed it avoided a bunch of the stuff that I expect Quantic Dream games to do really badly. Like, it, it, it's, it's better than I expected. Mm. Well, uh, you were telling me last week before, you know, we couldn't talk about it on the show, yeah, but yeah. you were telling me that one of the big things they've done to sort of fix the problem with Quantic Dream's writing is they've, it's it's more vignette-based than one yeah, long yeah. plot now. So, yeah, what you've basically got now is rather than one one long story, you've got three much shorter stories that do inter intersect in a couple of places, but they're largely pretty unconnected. <laughs> they're just, like, three separate stories throughout this world, and the way that they break the stories up, they basically will do, here's a ten minute section of one story, we'll, we'll do an interesting little vignette that's, that's you know, we've got something interesting to say, then we'll move to another character, move to another character, come back to that first character, we skipped over anything that wasn't interesting, we jumped back in wherever the next interesting thing we had to say was. And by breaking it up into shorter stories and much more self-contained short story chunks within those, it really benefits the pacing of that game. Like it, I can imagine. I have one very important question, Laura. Yes. Is there an uncomfortably voyeuristic shower scene? No, there isn't. What? <gasps> what? A, is this really no, a David Cage game? Yeah. There's there is no un, uh, un, like no creepy shower scene. There is no bit where like it, it's like oh you're in the snow and you're homeless and we're just gonna like sit in the snow and cry for a bit. There's none of that. Like. There's none of the things I expect out of a My David God, Cage right. gamer there. So, so <laughs> ironically, in a in a video game that goes over some well-worn tropes regarding robots, artificial intelligence, yeah. it turns out that, in a twist of irony, <laughs> David Cage is the one that's becoming self-aware and is learning. <laughs> David Cage may have. And if David human. Cage can do it, there is hope for artificial <laughs> David intelligence Cage matching self-aware. AI definitely yeah. next. He's yeah. gone all Skynet on us. Ever I'm, since I'm he escaped from Boston Dynamics, we knew this was coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say this game is perfect. Like there, there is at least one character very early on in that game that is like a bit of an over-the-top tropey, like two-dimensional character. That's like ah, that's that's a bit, that's a bit ham-fisted the way you did that character. It's one character that's there for like half an hour, maybe at the beginning of the game. Mm. Um, other than that, most of the characters are portrayed like pretty subtly with some nuance. I very like Holy crap. Yeah, here's the thing. Even 
even though the three stories being told are like pretty pretty predictable when you lay them out on paper, it's robot housemaid that wants to protect little girl. It is robot that doesn't like being a slave robot and wants to uprise and be like, no, I I, I wanna wanna be my own robot. Mm. And detective robot that is like, hey, I've got to track down all these naughty robots that are doing not what we told them. But also right. maybe I'll end up being one of them. Who knows? Mm, that sounds like yeah. a great yeah. premise for a movie. They should look into making a movie <laughs> with a similar team. Yeah. But like here's the thing. It's it's kind of predictably stories on paper, but there were a lot of twists and turns I didn't expect. There were a lot of moral choices in it that were, like, actual difficult choices that I paused the game and sat and struggled with that weren't just black and white. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think... Did I tell you, Jim, before we recorded last week about that one example from early in the game? Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah. So I, I'm going to talk about one, like, pretty early game example here. Um, There was a point with one character where it was like, hey, I've got a kid with me and we have nowhere to spend the night, I can probably get, like... It, it's cold and wet. I can probably get a roof over this kid's head. But to do that, I'm going to have to rob someone. And, like, you know, there there were some legitimate reasons for and against that, is the kid is going to lose all faith in me, and right now, like, I'm all this kid's got. But also, this kid is, like, getting hypothermic, and it's going to be really an issue if we don't get them warm and dry. Alternatively, we can go sleep in an abandoned car. However, they're going to be soaking wet, freezing cold, and it's not a particularly safe place to to stay. You can't really explain to a kid like, "Yeah, there's a motel over there, but but I have no money. We're sleeping in a car." Mm. And yeah. I like sat and properly agonized about this. Like, it it was little things. Like, I I tried to get the kids some clean clothes. Like, I went into a laundromat and there was someone asleep and their clothes were in the dryer. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll just steal these clothes." Mm get the kid into dry clothes, it'll be fine. And the kid just turns to me and goes, but that's stealing. And my heart dropped and I was like, oh, I can't steal in front of this kid. What do I do? Uh, it it was stuff where, like, I legitimately felt like they're, like I was struggling with a choice where it's like, both of these, the kid's not going to be happy with, but what's better for the kid in the long run? Yeah. Well, yeah. that sounds good. That sounds yeah. good. And it, it sounds like they're sort of accentuating the strengths of Quantic Dream and then addressing the negatives mm. yeah. and, and dealing with them. How? I mean, Cage has always been good at, at scenes. His strength mm. is individual yeah. scenes. And when he tries to string them along to tell... I mean, you look at Beyond Two Souls and the amount of time skipping with the lack of character development was so jarring. But here in vignette form, that that works a lot more. Yeah. yeah, like, I, I totally think that by shortening the, the individual, like, continuous stories, like, the story of each character is about a third of as long as a Quantic Dream game normally is, and you get three stories for your money's worth, and that works a lot better. Um, there is one thing that was, like, a bit weird to me. Um, you're controlling these three characters. One of them, as I mentioned before, is a detective that's trying to track down robots that aren't doing what they're told. Mm-hmm. And the problem there is that there's a couple of moments in that game where you are playing both the robot trying to get away from the detectives uh, and the, the detective trying prophecy. to... Yeah, that, that, it's not a huge problem. It doesn't come up a lot, but there's a couple of moments where it's like, oh, if I want to achieve anything on this detective's plotline, I'm going to have to deliberately fail to escape here so nah. that he gets information and then escape. Or, like, 
There's a couple of times. Indigo Prophecy was okay in that regard. It didn't necessarily chop off any story branches as much as it. It just it had an impact it, on the way things well, went. It it here's the thing. It probably wouldn't have had a huge impact if I'd done some other different choices. But like I I was put in a position where. I hadn't gathered enough information and catching one of my other playable characters was a way to get what I was missing. But I was like, yeah, but I care about that character's motivations as well. Uh, <laughs> I've got to say, that sounds interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. it's I, I, I'll acknowledge up front, I generally like Quantic Dream games like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're games that I usually have to recommend with caveats, but this one I think they really did... They they avoided a lot of the tropes that they normally fall into. Mm. The pacing is better. Like there's a lot less filler. Do they have any of those and really it, yeah. awkward just David Cagey moments where just the characters are moving and talking in really weird, stilted, awkward ways? Or is it more um, natural feeling? It felt natural to me, but like I'm not great at reading facial expressions and the non-verbal communication stuff, so it might okay. just be that I didn't pick up on it. Um, oh. I mean, the, the the trailers looked, uh, you know, pretty quantic dreamish <laughs> in terms yeah. of animation and visual styles. So, you know, it, it looks similar from what I've seen. Yeah. Here's a um, here's a thought. And this yeah. isn't necessarily a criticism of this game because it wouldn't be a fair one if it if it were. Um, is AIs and their rights and all that on the verge of becoming the next zombies? In that soon we're going to be in a year or two. There's going to be so many TV shows and games and movies about this that we're just fucking sick of it. Because uh, I, Here's I the thing. maybe uh, I, I just so. maybe it was just last year, but it felt like I watched so many movies and played so many games where that was the theme. I... I think what is important to keep in mind with that stuff is I think those kind of stories are going to get continue being told mm. while the rights of minority groups are still a big discussion topic in there the is, news yeah, and real life. Yeah. I will say this, though. Those stories take work. Plonking a bunch of zombies into a map or a film yeah. or wherever, yeah, yeah. that don't take much work. That's why we, they're so ubiquitous. And there's a lot of these sort of... AI allegory stories, uh, loads, I mean, that go back decades. Hmm. Um, but in general, I don't think we'll see quite as much saturation because, yeah. like I say, it, that takes effort. And, and you've got to, mm-hmm. unless you just fill it with robots, you just that, say, here are big robots yeah. smashing stuff. Mm-hmm. Then uh, we could have something. What, what I will say for Detroit in that regard is there are a couple of the statements it makes are a little bit like, okay, that's a bit exaggerated and like not terribly smart. Like, Ooh, in yeah. 20, 20 years' time, all of our music's going to be made by robots and everyone will go to their concerts in VR and like in-person music concerts will be dead and a couple of know, things what, like that what, that pop up. We, what, we people like, already uh, go to like holograms of Tupac and the, what's that god-awful yeah, but, anime uh, blue Hatsune Miku. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> but like, at least that's still people going in person to a thing to experience it together. Yeah. And, like, there's There's a couple of things that this game does where it like suggests things will be the case that I think are exaggerated, but it does have some interesting observations to make. Like there is, there is a discussion, like this isn't a big plot point or anything, but there's a part in Detroit where there is a discussion of the fact that when you are a couple of generations separated from being 
discriminated against as a minority group, it becomes much easier to stop fighting for the rights of other minority groups because your the, the the fight no longer affects you. I I do fight mm. for the rights of minority groups because I met Ellen Page once. I, ah, I want to yes, put yes. that out there <laughs> that I'm okay because I met I, I've never met Ellen Page. I, I'm clearly as racist as three David Cages. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it. There's there's a couple of interesting arguments about the fight for minority rights that I hadn't seen made in other like. Do we give robots rights bits of media so like eh, it, it tried to do some interesting things even if at one point it does end up just becoming robot lame for a while <laughs> <laughs> oh that's yeah. a yeah robot i would love to see david cage do like a musical <laughs> a musical oh, version of heavy best. rain what what has These happened to my, my finger i tell you what should i cut or Tommy should i linger would soon get jealous <laughs> uh, but yeah like I I found myself not wanting to put Detroit down. Like, I really enjoyed it start to finish. Um, oh, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot about Detroit. There were two things I forgot to say about it. One brave choice that they made that I was unsure if I liked at first or not, and it really grew on me, is at the end of every scene, you get presented a flowchart of every possible choice in that scene, and they're all, like, grayed uh, out yeah. except for the ones you make. And the whole idea is that they're very open about the way choices work in that game. In every, uh, at the end of every scene, it's like, okay, here's a flowchart. These are the points where you could have branched the narrative. This is how wildly they could have branched. This is the branches that ultimately meant nothing and would have reconnected to the same thing. So like that, you'd have seen something different, but you'd have ended up the same place. This is the branch you did, and that's why that character died. This is the bit of content that you only got because this character lived in another scene. It even labels stuff like, it will label certain choices as, this choice will impact future bits, of, like future chapters of the game, versus, yeah, that, that choice, you know, changed something in this scene, but it's not going to be an impactful choice. It's that sounds like Clementine will remember with... that. Yeah. Mm. That sounds like the developers were very proud of their branching choice system. <laughs> Here's the thing, it, it, I haven't played all of the choices through of this game, but I've played it pretty much twice through now, and I think they're right to be proud of it, because... Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not, yeah. that's not a value judgement, if you no, got no, it, flaunt it. The council I, does the same thing. I think it's a case of they are proud that they are more open in their choices than they were in the past, yeah. mm. and they want to say, hey, look, this isn't as faux-branching as previous Quantic Dream games. Or indeed many of the games that claim to be their branching yeah. really aren't. There is there is something really nice on a second playthrough to being like, okay, I want to see a different ending to this chapter and I want to have like a different following chapter. Mm. I know exactly which choice I need to change to start branching. Right. Or like, oh, I know how many things I failed to find in this scene the first time round. On my second playthrough, I know how many things I should be looking for that I missed. Like, that kind of stuff, is it It really incentivized going through and replaying it. And I, I did find there was a lot of content I had completely missed the first time round. There was an entire plot thread about this, like, this is the first robot that got its own sentience and all the other robots treat it like a god. I never found out in my first playthrough what the fuck that was all to do with. And then I found there was, like, a quite a lengthy plot thread about that that I just didn't see till I played it through again. Mm, that's interesting. Well, yeah. I, I, I'll say you've got me moderately uh, tentatively 
uh, excited to check it out. Same. Um, you know, I, I I don't do the whole hype thing, so I, I try not to get yeah, too yeah, overhyped yeah. for games. But you know, I'm always excited to check a new one out, and and I've always I people might disagree, but I've always tried, or at least feel like I've always tried to go into Quantic Dream games with an open mind. My opinions on Cage are well documented, yeah. but it's a bit of a knock. I I liked. <laughs> Fahrenheit slash Indigo Prophecy when it first came out. I replayed it uh, many years after and, and thought it wasn't that... It didn't hold up. Hmm. It didn't hold up. Heavy Rain, I still maintain, I, it was a good game. Yeah. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Even I if, said it was good. Even, it was just lucky it was a game, not a movie, yeah. like it wanted to be. It, it it's I like Heavy Rain, even though like it makes no sense. Why does, why does that man have the origami in his hands? What about that? Because that... it looks good on the it's cover. It's a mess. Yeah. yeah, no, it's I a fucking mess. I will say, though, David Cage, if you're listening and you're you're thinking now of making that musical version of Heavy Rain, I'm your guy. I will happily, <laughs> oh, yeah. I will happily uh, compose, you know, Finger Chopper and Chasing Jason for you. Yeah. I, here's the thing. I, I, I think that as someone that already likes Quantic Dream games with caveats, this is the Quantic Dream game I would have to give the fewest caveats to recommend. Cool. And the one Jason! That, it's, the one that, it's, Sorry. It's, it's the one I had to pause most often and agonise over choices, being like, what do I do? That's good. Yeah. I mean, that that's... Yeah, that, I'm I'm interested in that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. I was going to get it anyway because it's my job. But uh, not as much as it used to be. But, you know, I still need to put up little videos of the games because people want to know what I think. So I was going to get game. it anyway, but now I'm not dreading it. Uh, uh, I'm. I mean, I wasn't really dreading. It. I was. I was always interested, but certainly the the tr- some of the trailers they put out made me think, mm, "This is gonna, this is gonna aim too high and fall flat." But what you've told me makes it seem um, like they're at least aware of their faults from they, previous. They games. have improved errors from some of their past games, and they seem to be on an upward trajectory. Right. Trajectory. So uh, I shall this, cross yeah. my fingers that I have this the same experience and enjoy it too. This is also a good time to once again remind people of one of the funniest videos on YouTube, which is the last <laughs> the last scene in Heavy Rain where it glitches out and all he can say is Sean over and over Jeff, again. Sean, Sean, Sean. <laughs> so funny. It, it, seriously that has and probably never will age poorly yeah. and it it is always good it keeps on giving right to the end <laughs> the bit of the bit of that, that that cracks me up is always like when the camera pans really far away from the warehouse yeah. and you realize that he gets it's quieter diff- the but it's a, d- the a different away. scene with two different people and you can hear him yeah. miles away going just somewhere <laughs> Somewhere so in a room, you know, uh, with his arms out to the sides, not actually animated, going. Oh, it's, it's so beautiful. Uh, should we should we talk a little bit about a game that, like, I know both of you have some interest in, but I don't know if either of you have had a chance to play yet. Yeah, go on. I got to play go. some of that Dark Souls remastered. Oh yeah. I can, I, can, I can finally talk about it. Yeah. We, uh, we can finally it, talk about Dark Souls on the podquisition. <laughs> I know. I've been chomping at the bit for an excuse. It's, here's, here's the thing. It's clearly just a polished up version of a seven-year-old game. And if, yeah, if, you're a, yeah. if you're a console player and you want to have basically the Dark Souls on PC with like mods and DX fix, that that experience, yeah, this is a good way to get that on, on a console. Uh, yeah. Blight Town runs at 60 FPS and it's pretty stable. 
that's really good. Nice. That's um, good to know. It but, better be seven years old and no changes. Yeah, exactly. It better run fucking Has Bed of Chaos um, been f- chopped out of the game and fired into the fucking sun? Unfortunately not. <laughs> right. Um, right. Yeah, you see, that's where we get... I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to do a video of this on Monday, sort of going through the things they could have done. But yeah, when you've got a boss fight that Miyazaki himself apologised for and yeah. you've had seven years, like, fix it or chop it or yeah. something. Well, yeah. here's, here's the thing. Like, they, they did it for... Yeah. Sorry. No, 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 go on. Just, just oh, no, even I'm put just a... Saying, you know, they did just it for the Uncharted remaster. Even put a little they, bonfire they... next to it. You know, just so you don't yeah, have to it's... run over and over and over they, through that long they've, hallway. They've... There are but, simple ways yeah. they could have fixed it. They yeah. they have added one or two bonfires in places. Um, well, that's good. But like generally, it's just it's an old game that they polished up. The if you look too closely at some of the textures, they still look look a bit rough. There's still some weird like popping and like texture yeah. fading I mean, let's at face distances. It. Everyone's clubbing together sixty bucks each to repopulate the online. Yeah, oh much. yeah, no. that's, that's all we're that's paying. That's why I'm getting it. Yeah, and that's to- like for that, it's totally worth it, even on PC, because it's like, oh, you've now got private, uh, you've got what is it, dedicated servers and password matchmaking. So like, oh, I can play yeah. with my friend who Here's... also has. I it. mean, that's what? like I never got yeah. to play the first one as a proper like son bro, and and I'm looking forward to that because I finally got around to fully playing Dark Souls until like long after. Mm. Um, I started Same. it before it came out, but someone else took the review and back then it was, if I wasn't reviewing it, I didn't have time. So I finally got around to it, but by the time I did, I was playing it on PC. There was still online stuff, mm. but you know, no one was looking for help with bosses and stuff. That's what I'm wondering yeah. about now with regarding um, which version to play, because I would usually get the PC version, but if it's uh, if it's a case that the PlayStation one is possibly going to be more populated and is technically as good. I I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards that one. Uh, the the PlayStation the PlayStation version honestly feels like okay. You applied DS fix to your PC version and fixed <laughs> like the you you ma- you prettied it up a little bit and fixed some of the like glaring bugs and made it run a little bit better. Yeah. Like I. I was playing on a base PS4 and I had zero issue with performance. It's like, yeah, this runs better than it did before. This is this is good. It's pretty stable 60. I'm happy with that. Cool. 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 I mean, you know, that's all cool. Um, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see the discussions about this one. That's it. I'm planning, fingers crossed, to get a, a thing up on Monday talking about Dark Souls Remastered. Mm. Um, obviously, I've not played it yet. I will have time before I do a video on it, but... Uh, you know, you can see the list of changes online, and uh, it's not—it's not extensive. No. Uh, it really, as you say, you know, like I played the some of the network test at the very least, and and yeah, it's it's it's, it's Dark Souls gussied up. It's, it's basically you can remap the controls to be like the Dark Souls three controls, and you can you can use more than one soul at a time. You don't have to do pop a soul, watch the animation, <laughs> back to the menu. That. Yeah, that 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 could fuck off. Yeah, you don't. There's a lot of menu UI things they could like. Yeah. I love those games. Everyone knows it, except for the one person on Reddit who was just lying about me. It was just, oh, you used to condescendingly say they were niche and hard. No, I just said they were niche and hard because they are. Yeah. I factually said it. <laughs> uh, you know, Dark Souls is massively popular compared to Demon Souls, but it's still a, a specific audience it's going for. Condes, lie. What a liar. I've been on that train since Demon Souls, Sunshine. Oh, 
And Sorry. Sorry. Right. I, no, I was just like, yeah. That's I, all I've been lied about. Like, there's a lot you could say I'm shit at. Getting body slams on the first try. Uh, most video games. But don't say I condescend. At least I don't. <laughs> Ah, uh, Jim. Jim, do you want to talk about a game you played this week that I, I do not think anyone could say you talk condescendingly about? Yeah, Hyrule Warriors is the best game on... Oh, fuck! I was condescending already. Ah. Just about a different game. Ah. But I do give Hyrule Warriors a 7.1 out of 10. So <laughs> I do think it's quite good. Hyrule Warriors, been playing it, obviously. There is no doubt I would have been playing it. Um... Played it. It's good. It's Hyrule Warriors. It's another one that could have had some changes done, uh, but they sort of kept it pretty... Ah. I I will say, um, at least in the launch version, I don't know if it was different when you had the early version, but at least all the characters are unlocked. The ah, weapons we, you we, still have to go we were, through. We were both kind of incorrect on this. So last oh. week I said that like none of the characters were unlocked, and you said all of the characters were unlocked. No. Right, okay, some. So some the, are. It's Most are. The, the characters from the base game... Are yeah. unlocked, uh, yes, are, yeah. but the ones that were offered as DLC have to be unlocked. Yeah. So I it's, found yeah. that out last night because I, 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 I finally was... got on adventure mode and was like, "Oh, it's Young Link! I've just unlocked him." Yeah. There are unlocks. It's a DLC one. Well, this, ah. this is why last week I said you had to unlock all of them yeah. because I had spent several days unlocking characters and being like, cr- yeah, yeah, "Yeah, what you want about Jim? What you want about Jim saying they're all unlocked? <laughs> I had to unlock characters." <laughs> Yeah, we, we we both got that wrong. So yeah, the base game characters are all unlocked, so which you, is fine you could for jump me. In with Zant, you were good. Jump in with Zant. But obviously if you were looking for a like, you know, a Wind Waker character or someone like that, then yeah, your first thing would have been I well, wanted to fuck, play I as, got to unlock I wanted again. to play as Rovio from um Link Between Worlds. Right, yeah. So so yeah, yeah. Um but that's all that's that's the facts of it. The DLC characters you gotta unlock again, which is a pain in the ass. It and is getting a all pain the weapons in the again is a pain in the ass. And also also, I don't know. I don't like at least playing in handheld mode. I, I've, I don't like where they've put the the, the item scrolling on the D pad because oh. you got to take your thumb off the movement stick. So I'm gonna have to go in the options and see if I can change that around. Yeah. Cause that was the same. Honestly, I'd rather right click yeah. to uh, activate your, your magic mm. and use the shoulder buttons to scroll with the items. Totally, I totally. If I can agreed get that configured, I'll, I'll do that. Wasn't that the same? No option. Wasn't that the same way it was on the Wii U? You had to use the D pad uh, to scroll the items. Maybe. I mean, I know it. Uh, maybe it was the layout of the control scheme, but when I played it on Wii U, I found it a lot more convenient to switch items. Here, I feel like I'm stopping and starting it, when I want to do it, thing, unless it, I'm halfway through an attack combo. It, it doesn't stress me too much exactly because you can keep mashing the button to keep doing your attack combo while you use the D-pad to switch items. Yeah, I've started doing that as a compromise, but... Uh, if I can configure it and get them on the shoulder button, but we'll we'll see. I keep forgetting to do it. I have to do it when I'm because you got to do it from the main menu. So I'm halfway through a game and I'm like, oh fuck, can I change this? Oh fuck, yeah. I got to go to the main menu. Oh fuck it, I'll just finish this level and then I forget. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, the default controls. I, I feel like some of the buttons could have been in better places if they were swapped round and whatnot. But uh, other than that, it's nice to play it. Uh, you know, it runs all nice. It looks. Looks pretty, but it's handheld as opposed to the 3DS one, which was handheld and looked okay. But yeah. you know, it was 3DS. Uh, so playing it as the full game and with all of the characters and everything, it's fun. And it's it's yeah, it's a really nice thing. Like I've been playing it a bit when I've been on like train travel this week because it's a nice one when you've got just like 20 minutes or so to not have to think too much. 
beat some stuff up and go, yeah, I feel pretty cool. Listen to some rock and metal covers of Zelda tracks. Yeah. Yes. I forgot how good the Linkle stages were, oh. especially with the, the, the jazzed up, uh, I shouldn't say jazz, it's not jazz, the, the metalled up, I guess. Um, but really triumphantly so, um, Zelda theme <laughs> that plays on her stages. Plus, I, her stages, you just get like 3,000 kills by doing nothing. Just, you look down and you're like, holy shit, I've killed a lot of people. Those levels are just big meat grinders. It's hilarious. It, it's really fun. That it's, it's just like, oh, Link was already here, but left a bunch of carnage behind. Guess I'll go clean up after yep. Link. Kill everything. Plus, Gotta protect after my several cuckoos. of... After several of her combos, she raises her hand and goes, da, 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 and it's the best thing. Uh, Half the time I have to cancel it out by doing a dash because it just wastes precious time, but every now and then I'm like, fuck it, I'll take the few seconds and just watch her go, da, 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 da. Linkle the is the thing. best character, and we need a Linkle game already. Where Honestly, is my Linkle game? I would, I would, if, if, if they had Breath of the Wild DLC and it included a playable Linkle, I would... So Redownload that game if, and play that. If you are one of those naughty people who either runs emulators or has a like a hacked uh, Wii U, there is a mod that allows people to play through that game as Linkle. <gasps> Brilliant. Yeah, I know, do right? I, does that do a crossbows have durability or not? I have no idea, but I'm hoping not. Mind you, but, if it's on an emulator, I bet you could turn that off. Mod it out. Yeah, there is a, a better game. There is a bit of me that's like. I might try and see if I can get that running on Wii U because I kind of want to play that game as Linkle. <laughs> yeah, Linkle's great. Nintendo, Linkle's great. Just, just use her more in everything. Yeah, like the the Linkle got like you know announced and everything before Breath of the Wild happened, and there was this like the E3 that Breath of the Wild was being shown off. It looked like there would. The two images of Link on the E3 lanyards that year looked like a more masculine and a more feminine character, and it was like, yeah. everyone assumed it was going to be, oh, Link and Linkle. What would have changed in Breath of the Wild if you'd given people the option, okay, you can be born as Link or Linkle, both of them will be the same char character, basically? It might have taken more resources away from other areas of development. And if they'd have taken the developers working on the durability system <laughs> and moved them over to Project Linkle, uh, they, I think we'd have had the best they, game ever made. They, they were a little bit too busy, but we could probably free up the people who were using the uh, the rain system. We could probably get them yes. over to Linkle. Yeah, yeah. Like, one of the two. One of the two, I think, would have fixed uh, not all of the game's problems, but some of the really annoying ones. Some of the biggest recurring annoyances. Either durability or rain. Get them working on Linkle... Uh, characters and no durability on her weapons at all, please. Uh, just crossbows. And then you've got the best game ever made. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to, to hear that Breath of the Wild was so close to being the best game ever made. Just so close. <laughs> so close. Just within a um, hair's breadth. Within a Linkle's. I don't know where I was going. I was trying to think what's Linkle got that's. Uh, on, on, on that topic. Um, yeah, I was gonna say link within a Linkle's tit. I was gonna sorry. I was gonna say in a Linkle's winkle because it rhymed. <laughs> That's, that that would have been less crass somehow <laughs> than what I said. The um... imagine if that was a saying though. Oh, I was this. Cl I came within a Linkle's tit of catching that fish. <laughs> what were you What were you gonna say, Gavin? No, I'm just sorry. man. We have so many um, potential titles this week. What, Link Came yeah, between yeah, the Linkle's, Linkle's Winkle. 
I know. I was just going to say on the topic of Zelda, the um, Games TM magazine had their games journalists do a uh, top 100 of all time this week. And uh, I commend them on their choice of A Link to the Past as the top game ever made. Yeah. Not bad. A, not a, a lot bad of people choice. put it in that top spot and I can understand why. It's a damn mm. good game. It's, That's one of those games I won't beauty. play for years and years and years. But if it's ever mentioned... In my and, and I'm within reaching distance of a copy. I yeah. can always put it in. Exactly. You, it's one of those games you can always just put in and enjoy. I, I yeah. still haven't opened my Nintendo Super Nintendo Mini, but when I do, I know it's going to be the first thing I jump into. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I opened uh, I I booted mine up for the first time in a while recently because uh, me and Jane are currently playing through Secret of Mana in co-op. Co-op JRPGs Ooh. are nice. I got my SNES mini, the one that's called a Raspberry Pi. I bet that's got a link to the past. Probably does. Probably does. Um, I mean, I, I had to get one made because <laughs> Nintendo weren't selling them properly. Other <laughs> uh, uh, things that I played this week, I played one other thing. I played, I played a thing called Quarantine Circular, which is the new thing from Mike Bithell. Okay. Okay. Uh, I've heard of subsurface, of course. Subsurface. Yeah. Circular. So this this is very similar in that it's another like text based game, but with nice fancy three D graphics that yeah. that Mike just kind of like didn't say anything and just put it out. Yeah. He just he literally um, announced it at the end of a tweet chain. <laughs> yeah, Mike, it, it's the same as he did with promote subsurface. Your games, they're good. It's, they deserve well, to be promoted. To be fair, he announced it at the end of a tweet chain, but that tweet chain ended at the exact same time as embargo lifted for people who'd had the game for a while yeah. already. So like, uh, like oh yeah, that game. Is- he's a clever yeah. lad. It, it seemed to work yeah. all right for him being like out of nowhere. Oh, there's a new Mike Bithell game. There's a bunch of reviews. Go read it. Yeah, he's been trying like new ways of promoting games that take the form of not promoting them, <laughs> and yet somehow it's working out okay. Yeah, so. He's- He's, he's broken science. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, this this one's very similar, like, in terms of, like, the basic look of it. It's another read a bunch of text, choose what to say, make some choices, that, that sort of thing. Well, fancy 3D graphics happen, but it's basically a text adventure. This one is about Earth, a little bit in the future, first aliens show up on Earth, and humanity has about a day to go... Okay, what we do about this? Um, you play from multiple character perspectives. So, like, initially you're playing as a translator trying to, like, bridge the language barrier with this alien. Then you play as the alien for a bit and them trying to explain why they're here and get their, their point made. Then you're playing as an admiral who's got to decide, like, okay, do we trust this thing or not? It, it's only a couple of hours. There's a couple of branching choices. It's not huge on the branching but there's like there's definitely a few choices you get to make that will impact the direction that story goes and I thought it was a nice it was definitely a nice little story I I played it through a couple of times took a couple of hours each time I very much enjoyed the characterization and I thought that it was very very much grounded in its future for earth because the biggest problem facing Earth in this, like, near future is, hey, we invented antibiotics to fight disease, and then we kind of just stopped trying to work out how to fight diseases, and eventually antibiotics stop working, and humanity's ah. fucked. I'm like, yeah, that's a real-world problem we got right there. That That's that's a yeah. good thing to ground your, your narrative around. Terrifyingly believable. Yeah, like, it... it 
it was grounded in things that are, like, scarily plausible for, like, why you would need a near-future sci-fi story. So, yeah, I've not got much else to say about that. If you like the idea of a text adventure with some nice, like, alien character, like, an alien that's pretty cool, and some choices to make, and some nice 3D graphics, this is definitely that. It's a nice story you can play through in a couple of hours. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think that's everything what we've played, I reckon. Um... There's a couple of bits of news this week that I was going to bring up. Uh, yeah. According to Sony, the PS4 is reaching the end of its life cycle. Yeah, I saw some of that this yeah. morning. I saw Samitsa Car post a thing that was like, um, it's got at least three years. I think that's the new thing. Like, oh, there's a lot this... of talk about the end. I haven't seen that. And then, yeah. Yeah, I think like maybe Sony's come out to reclarify or yeah. something. So what what um, what Sony said was that it's fine. The PS4 is finally entering the final stage of its life cycle, and a lot of people read that to be okay. We've got like a year or so, maybe eighteen months, and the PS4's gone. I think what they maybe meant, and this is me extrapolating, is you've got when a, when you've got a new console, you have like okay, this is a new console, we still accidentally yeah. refer to it as the next gen sometimes, you know, it's, we're getting the new IPs, it's, 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 you know, it's a new thing. Then it settles into the middle of its life where it's like, oh yeah, okay, we're into a rhythm where, you know, we're going, we're just sort of chugging along. And now is maybe the section where it's like, okay, we did that for a while, we're going to start moving some staff, staff to think about the next thing, we'll think more about sequels than to we the, do yeah. new IP, and we'll just... You know, let's just let's just you know think about the fact that there will be something after this. Maybe not. Yeah, like it this, seems to yeah. me like they were. Sorry. Yeah, 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 it seems to me like they were saying. You know, it's 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 reached that point now where it's kind of stable, and it just has to sit out the re the remainder of its life. It's mm. like baby, adult, old person, and now it's sort of in that. In the twilight years, which are still years. Yeah, people, you know, people heard that, potentially. like, people heard that, like, the PS4 was about to turn, like, you know, 55, maybe 60 years old in human years, and, uh, like, in PS4 years, and was like, oh, it's old, that means it's dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it seems like we've we've still got, I'm not ready for a new gen. No, I'll say right. that right up. No, I'm not me either. Jesus, give us some I've... time. This one barely yeah. feels like it's happening. We, yeah. we were... We were talking about um, we were talking about God of War a few weeks back, and I, the, I kept thinking about that game. I was like, "This it's is what I like." I, yeah, <laughs> I like when console generations get to this point. Like with the PS3, it was The mm -hmm. Last of Us, and it's like, "Oh, you worked out how to make good stuff with the hardware. Can we just hang on to this hardware for a bit, and you just keep making yep. shit that's that good?" Don't them last few years uh, of a console of a generation in general yeah. uh, typically give us some of the best fucking I, games. Exactly, I would yeah. love, I would love to see that stage of a hardware life cycle like just extended by a couple of years. Let's let's have longer in that bit. Mm. Yeah, like let's let's have the years where we didn't have games because you were just re-releasing and remastering all the shit from the last gen. Yeah, let take those years that you had. And whack them onto the end as well, so yeah. we feel like we've got a full generation, not half a generation, and yeah. half the last gen looking nicer. They, yeah. they, Some of them not even running at 60 FPS, for God's uh, sake. They did clarify like a little bit of their intention for the future of the PS4. One of the things they said is they expect to have more sequels and like new entries in existing IPs than they expect to have new franchises. So like probably expect God of War 2... Horizon First Dawn like expect <laughs> to get more things in those franchises than like not 
a new thing entirely. So I, yeah. I'm okay. And they've with still that. got what's it? They still got that other one coming. Uh, out, they got the Fukushima. Fuku- Fukushima. They've got. They've got Days Gone. Days Gone. That's yeah. it. They've got, uh, they've got Ko- Kojima. Did you just say Kojima or did you say Fukushima? Uh, Fu- Fukushima, is that what it's called? They've got the, the samurai thing. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they've got Death Stranding. Well. Yeah, they've got Death Stranding coming still. Death Stranding, yeah. They've yeah. got stuff. The- I mean, basically, they've, they seem, and, and that I, I made an observation a few weeks ago on, on the Jimquisition, they, they seem to basically be doing one or two big big games a year, as opposed to something like where the Switch its first year was something new and exclusive a month. Uh, they're building it more around the strong third-party stuff, which mm. you know most people seem to use the PS4 as the default for third-party, so they're good there. And then they just prop it up with one or two big marquee titles. Yeah. And Microsoft, I've already said, I think they're fucking up. They're, they're trying to do third-party style releases, modern third-party stuff, yeah. the whole live uh, service shit. They, I wonder they released... is, um... Oh, sorry, you go ahead, Laura. I was just going to say, they, there was a new... First, first party Xbox One exclusive release today. Can either of you tell me what it was? Uh, is it State of Decay Two? Yeah, State of Decay Two came out yeah. today. I heard it was coming out, but I wasn't even sure. I, day. I only knew like, it came it's out. Not been promoted. I much. only knew it came out today because I got an email that said, "Hey, State of Decay Two is on <laughs> Game it, Pass." Is it a game or was it just a, an article about the Xbox One? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the other reason... I might have to get that today. <laughs> uh, the other reason I'm, like, hoping that the PS5 and Xbox 2 don't come around too soon is I'm really worried that if they pop up too quickly that it's really going to hurt the Wii. Uh, not the Wii, the Switch. Switch. God, what, what year am I in? Um, <laughs> yeah, plus, that it's going to... Like... Nice, it would be nice to see Microsoft get that one killer exclusive this gen. You know, it would. It'd be it, nice be to nice. see them get a really, really good exclusive and, and get that and console moving. It, it it would be nice to see like we know that like given some effort, PS4, Xbox One Gen games can get ported to the Switch, and if the Switch is gonna have any chance at a good third party library, that's gonna need to remain a thing. Uh, it's weird. Oh, Oh, that was a story. Did either of you f- hear about uh, Resident Evil Seven for Switch this week? No, no, I think that news passed oh, me by. Oh, so let me prepare you for... Okay, so the headline, Resident Evil 7's coming to the Switch. That sounds great, you know. I get all my news from this show. Yeah, yeah cool, same. Cool, cool third-party <laughs> port coming basically. to the Switch. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a bit weirder than that headline sounds, though, so... Okay. First of all, we're going to say it's only been announced for Japan. Oh. That's not too bad. Is it Bridge Constructor Resident Evil? No, 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 no. Oh. It, I, I kind of wish it was. Um, oh no! So, Resident Evil Seven is coming to Switch in Japan as Resident Evil Seven Cloud Edition. Oh god! It, oh, I heard about yeah. this now. So yeah, it, it, it doesn't actually run on your Switch. You pay about twelve pounds or about twenty dollars to rent a six-month mm. subscription to a cloud streaming service in which you can play Resident Evil Seven on your Switch. Only when it's connected to the internet. So, you know what, oh, Capcom? I'm okay on that. I'm all right, cynical, Capcom. Fuck off. So yeah, it's, yeah. what it's, the fuck? I'll take a pass. I, I wouldn't tell Nintendo to fuck off. It's clearly Capcom that are trying to do a thing. Like, it's it's 
it gets rid of any reason why I would want Resident Evil 7 on the Switch because yeah. it's a port of an old game that already exists. I would want it to play that game on the uh, while traveling. Yeah. If I can't play it while traveling cuz no internet, why would I want it? Mm. Yeah. Like Capcom just do your thousandth fucking port of the first Resident Evil on the Switch. Like we all know you're going to do eventually. And and just leave it at it's... that. I'm all right. If you ever want to bring this out over here in America, the Resident Evil Cloud Edition, right? I th- we're all right, mate. We're okay. It, I don't. The, the, I don't need it gets, that. It gets even worse when you hear the specifics of it. It's things like oh, if you subscribe for six months, you, you you save data gets saved on the cloud with Capcom, and you know you finish your six months, you're like, yeah, I, I I don't I don't want it anymore. That's fine. And then a couple of months later, you're like, you know, I really fancy going back into Resident Evil 7 on the Switch. Mm. I'll, I'll subscribe again. They don't keep your save data. If you <laughs> if you stop paying your six-monthly <laughs> subscription plan, they just delete your save data. I thought it was going to be too cynical myself wow. to when you said that they keep the data. I was going to yeah. very cynically say, oh, yeah, I trust Capcom with that. Yeah. And then I was... I should have... Yeah. Because they can't... If, oh, if, that is yeah, the point. I mean, to be fair, you dropping, to... <laughs> dropping your Switch can potentially do the same thing, so... Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Fuck it. Yeah, yeah, actually, you do... you you got to pay Nintendo a stipend soon to have control over your cloud saves. Yeah. Wow. Uh, or any saves, which, of course, is the big difference uh, with the Switch. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm... Resident Evil. Their head's in the fucking clouds. Yeah. I... Uh, it's... I don't understand that one. Who is that? Idiot. Who is that for? Like, I get who that's for. That is for people who's like only. Fools. If your only console you own is a Switch and you want to play Resident Evil Seven, and you are happy to and play, and you live it in docked, a big city with good internet, yeah, then maybe this is for you. But yeah, it seems like if, if, a, if a very, I tell you what, it's niche, and I say that condescendingly. It's it's nicher than niche. It's nicher than it's the nichest. Yeah, that, that's that bit toss. of fucking news. Yeah, uh, the, unbelievable. I, I think the only other thing that's not super, probably not super interesting to you two, but I was interested in, so I want to mention it anyway. It sounds like the new Pokemon game for the Switch is going to be a remake of Pokemon Yellow, which I'm super into. Hey, I'm all right with that. Is, is Ekans in Yellow? Uh, I know yeah, it's in Ekans, red. Ekans, Ekans, I believe, is in Yellow. Right, then I'm getting so, it. So yeah, like, basically, it's it looks like it's going to be HD, big budget remake of... Here's the first 150 Pokemon. You, your starter can be either a Pikachu or an Eevee. Go play through Pokemon Yellow and go catch the first 150, but hey. in like shiny console graphics. Sounds fucking good to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm all right with of, that. Um, I, that's a remake I don't mind. Of, of Japanese remakes. Where? What's the story with that Final Fantasy VII <laughs> that had the journalists <laughs> falling off their chairs? Ha 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 I, I was tempted. Oh, you could say that about any quote unquote upcoming game from Square Enix that we won't see how, for another how, ten years. How many years ago was it that Kingdom Hearts Three was a thing and it yeah. only got playable this week? Um, and they announced it and said, "Oh, we've just started so, development." Yeah, you fucking. They love so, announcing games. They hate making Resident them. Evil. Uh, Resident Evil Final Fantasy Seven. My brain's not with it today. <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven remake was being made by. Um, CyberConnect, who I believe are the company behind like the 2D, like the 2.5D Naruto fighting games, is all I know them for. They make a lot of like Naruto fighting games for Nam- Bando Namkai, Bandai Namco. Um, and they were working on the Final Fantasy VII remake, and then they stopped. 
And it was moved over to Square Enix internally. Yeah, and this is going well. It kind of sounds like maybe the first two years of work on that game maybe weren't any good at all, and it maybe got started over from scratch internally at Square oh, Enix. Dear. So this sounds like a Square Enix project. Yeah, it, it, it really does. This is none of this is confirmed, but the suspicion from the outside looking in is that Square Enix work, got that game worked on for two years, threw it out and started from the beginning again. I think Square Enix actually lives in developer hell. Like the eye of the storm of developer hell. Because like every project they seem to have takes years and years and you hear these stories about how it was going to be this and now it's this and then they did this and they've changed this. I'd hate to make a Square Enix game. It sounds like torture. Yeah, it really does. So yeah. that that's that's everything I got on the list for this week. Well, that's good because it it sounds like you really need a, a nap. Yeah, you've been working really I, hard. I, just, I did so well for fifty five minutes of this episode, and then my mouth. I know you held like, it together. Blah, 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 I can't word. I uh, I think I think everyone is ready for a little sleepy now. So, uh, Laura, if you could tell people who maybe aren't going to go to sleep where they can see more of your work. Uh, you can find my work at Laura K Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K Buzz on Twitter. Laura K Buzz on YouTube. You can find me Monday to Friday, nine to five at Kotaku.co.uk. Uh, this week I have write-ups on Quarantine Circular. Dark Souls Remastered and Detroit. There's like two and a half thousand words on Detroit, so go read that. Oof. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Dice Funk, which is a D&D real play 5th edition podcast. I'm on seasons 3 and 4. You can find me on Queer and Pleasant Strangers, which is a podcast where me and Jane Magnet do silly voices and skits. And if you're in London this weekend, uh, give me a shout. I'm at MCM, the big convention in, in London. I'm at MCM Comic Con. So if you're there and want to say hi, drop me a line. I'll be around. Excellent. And Gavin, you loot smith, you barge you, where can we hear your great music? You can pop over to YouTube and search for Miracle of Sound and there you will find my new God of War song, which is now out and complete and in a listenable condition, thankfully, <laughs> and getting a great response. And you, it, It's a great song. Thank you. I've been told it's the best one since Fires Fade, which is I nice. I was super into it. <laughs> It's got that same sense of gravitas that Fires Fade had. It, it has the same big-ass choirs and orchestral arrangements mm. and, 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 and a bit of a metal feel as well. So if you're into that, then go have a listen. And uh, you can also find me on Twitter, at Miracle of Sound, for my rantings and ravings. And you can support me on Patreon, uh, Miracle of Sound, to help me keep doing my job. Brilliant. Uh, all that remains to be said is thank you as always for tuning in uh, do check out Pro Wrestling Ego's YouTube channel for more stir dusty things if you want and Boggling Club is fine and that'll do uh, thank you all so much, we'll see you next time bye, bye. bye.